Hello, everybody. This is Josh Price, and you are listening to the Mark Price for Three podcast. Each episode, my dad will be talking NBA basketball, sharing some coaching and instruction, and of course, talking about his faith. Without further delay, here's my dad, Mark Price. Welcome to the Mark Price for Three podcast, episode 51. We enjoyed celebrating and honoring Mark on episode 51 last week. We hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, Mark is actually on assignment this week and will rejoin us next week for episode 52. As he and I discussed this episode, we both could not think of a better guest to join us for episode 51 than Cavs beat writer Sam Amico of HoopsWire.com. I'm going to cut to the interview now. Sam has a ton of knowledge, so lean in and hear all about our Cavs for this season. And once again, Mark will be back next week for episode 52. Today, we've got a very special guest, a returning guest. I think you're the first returning guest, Sam. How are you? I'm doing well. The fact that I was on the first time was pretty, I was grateful for that. So the fact that I'm back is is even cooler, I guess. Well, Sam Amico is joining us, and Mark and I could not think of a better guy to have some insight here into the Cavs, and we'll talk about why here in a second. But first of all, for those who may not know, I'm not sure who wouldn't, but you are a writer for Hoopswire, and really, I, I tweeted that this week, one of the best follows in terms of not just the Cavs, but really the entire NBA, and really that insight that you know, ESPN or, or some of those other sites, you know, there's a lot of other things going on on those sites. You cut straight to the basketball and just a great follow with Hoopswire. Well, I appreciate that, Aaron. It's, it's definitely, you know, it's growing and thankfully for that, we just have had a lot of just probably over the last, since the end of last season of this season, just, you know, it continues to, to pick up steam. So, we do. We, you know, I try to cover a lot of things, obviously hardcore, the Cavaliers with an emphasis on them, but also what's going on around the league that maybe some of the larger outlets, you know, those aren't big stories for them. We try to, you know, it, put it this way. I've always said, if you work in the NBA or you play in the NBA or you're a fan of the NBA, I think that we have pretty much everything you need to know covered there as opposed to just the, the bigger stories. I hope anyway. No, absolutely. And like it, it, just evidence over the summer, you had that ongoing list of free agents, available free agents. I don't know a lot of places that would have that readily available. You probably have to dig a little bit to find it, but you were constantly putting that out. Like you said, if you're a fan of the NBA, it's good to know, okay, who, who's still out there? Who's still available once all the, the big names are gone? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Aaron, that is the far and away the most read post on our site. I update it every day. It's funny because I just kind of started it, frankly, because it was something that I wanted to know, you know, who's out there. Let's find out who's available. Sometimes that list is surprising, but I started that like, you know, two years ago, update it daily. And now I hear sometimes, Aaron, I'll get a text from a player saying, you know, why aren't I on your list, (laughs) you know, or, or an agent saying, Hey, can, can you throw these couple of guys on there? They're available. So I, it's really become something pretty big and I, I make sure to update it every day because, you know, surprisingly it is really the most read thing on the site day after day after day. And it's something that, that keeps fans interests over the summer as well. I only have one bone to pick with you, and that, that I'm st- I'm still a free agent. So I, I think we we kind of Aaron, I kind of go like ten years. If you haven't played <laughs> okay. like five ten years, then 
then you so you probably just came off the list but <laughs> you know we can always put you back on as a gem <laughs> out there for somebody that's all. <laughs> right, uh, right. all right but you also have a podcast calves on the break so talk to us about the podcast that you have yeah that's that's part of the press play network i'm i'm a guest and we alternate hosts chase smith is is one of the hosts and he's the founder of the network and then John Sable from Channel 8, he's a sports anchor at Channel 8, Cleveland guy. They rotate as hosts. For some odd reason, I'm on every week. But those two rotate, and it's it's great. You know, we were at Media Day, and we talked to so many people, had a lot of people on there. George Nang, uh, Monty Bates, Pete Nance, you know, a bunch of guys who were, oh, and Isaac Okoro. So, we have a whole host of these podcasts for Media Day where guys are talking about what they're looking forward to, what they hope to contribute. And it was it was really great. And then we do it, you know, we do it every week during the season, at least once a week. And it's really taken off. It's I think as the calves get better, both the website and the podcast do better. <laughs> it's so funny how, funny how know, that works. Hopefully right? that's exactly right. <laughs> so the, the the better things are going for them, the better things are going for for the media who who covers them and the more interaction we get. So I'm I'm very blessed and thankful for that as well. So the links are hoopswire.com was the website and that's where you can find the information we were talking about. The podcast, I assume you can find that on all the networks. Right. Find it everywhere, Cavs on the break. I also run the podcasts on the website in the form of a post. So you can go there too. So yeah, anywhere you want to download a podcast, just type in calves on the break. It, it'll be on there. Awesome. And you have some other news that uh, people may or may not know, but some exciting news. You're, you're back in the fold again, just when you thought you were out, they bring you back right. in. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. well, yeah. Tell um, us about that. Right. Well, so like I said, the calves have done particularly well on the website. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm going to start covering them again, just as I did when I was at Fox. Now, part of that had to do, too, with some unfortunate circumstances. You know, some people who covered the Cavs uh, were, were either laid off or left. So, you know, I looked at it like there's definitely a need for more Cavs coverage, mm -hmm. you know, because the Cavs themselves, the team itself, in terms of you know, the public relations or the marketing department, they were getting a little bit concerned in that, you know, there's not as many reporters covering the team. So I thought, you know, look, it's a good combination. They're doing very well in terms of readership and clicks, if you will, on the website. And, and you know, the team wants the coverage. They're looking for added coverage. So it really is benefiting both of us mostly, you know, myself, I don't know how much it's, it's going to benefit the team. And Aaron, I'll tell you this, I announced it, you know, and said, Hey, look, I'm going to go back on the Cavs beat full time, which basically means, you know, every game, almost every game, obviously as many practices as I can get to, which is, you know, 90% of the practices and the availability and the shoot around availability. So there's all that. And I, I said, I put it out there, Aaron, and I didn't think anybody would really care. And I am just, I was floored by the feedback. I was, 
you know, people who had, obviously you reached out to me, but I mean, just multiple people either retweeted the tweet Mm -hmm. or liked the tweet, something that, that was way beyond what I expected. I, on Facebook, I, I was really, I thought, wow, I, I didn't think anybody would care. And I thought anybody who would care would think, oh, brother, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it goes back, Come on <laughs> but it was just, it was just, I, I was very, I, I, I thought people would, would not really, you know, it would just, cause I announced it right at the start of Brown season, right at the start of the NFL season. So uh, I just kind of put it out there and I, I, I gotta tell you, I was, I was really touched by the response that that got. So it really motivates me to do it more. And I can tell you this, the first week of camp, it's been one week. And I thought, this is, this is really where I belong. I feel such a sense of peace, actually, mm. being back on the beat and being around the team every day <clears throat> and just, you know, having an opportunity to interact with the, with the readers. I, I really love doing that. So it's, it's been a great thing. We're only a week into it, of course, but I've done this before and I know how much I enjoy it. Well, I think people enjoy your coverage. Are you going to go on the road with them too? Is that part of the role? Probably not quite a, a ton. I will still write about road games, obviously with every game being televised you know, and all the interviews at the post-game show on Valley Sports or wherever, whether whether they're playing on NBA TV or sometimes off the radio, I'll be able to hear what the reaction is that way. The reason I'm not, Aaron, of course, going on the road as much. Now, you know, I'll still go places like Detroit, Indiana, probably Milwaukee, maybe Chicago. I love going to D.C. I try to go down there at least once or twice a year for a game <laughs> just because it's it's an easy trip and I love the city. So I will go to some, but the difference of course, now that I'm on the beat, as opposed to when Fox sports, Ohio, when I was writing for them was all of this comes out of the hoops wire bank account (laughs) or, you know, (laughs) uh, sometimes the family bank account, if I have to, to fund these trips. So I do want to bring, you know, there's insights that you can get in the locker room when you're on the road. Right. That right. you that you might not be able to get when there's 12 other Cavs reporters in there at home games. So I do value going on the road. It's just a matter of does it make sense? Will it will it benefit financially? Will will I at least break even? You know, I'm not looking to get get rich or I would have done something else long ago. But but will I be able to break even if I go on the road? And most trips, the answer is yes. But, you know, going out to the West Coast and that kind of stuff won't make sense. And I, I could just cover it off the television. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into the Cavs. You've been there now for the entire first week of practice. What is the first thing you think of that has stood out to you the most? I think that there's a new sense of confidence. I think that, you know, and, and, I, and that's partially because, you know, now Donovan Mitchell is entering his second full season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you add a dynamic player like that, that takes a while to adjust. And I think it took them a while to adjust, you know, to having both he and Garland, two dynamic players, two very ball dominant guards. I think that took time for guys like not only Mitchell and Garland to adjust and adapt to each other, but, but Evan Mobley, you know, a a young big man, I think he probably, I don't want to say struggled, but he probably had the biggest adjustment to make because he was both a young player. And now you're adding, another all-star in Mitchell, 
I, I think that impacted him the most Mobley. And he, he's, trust me, he's thrilled to have those guys, but you know, and then, and then, you know, Jared Allen has heard all the summer, how he wasn't tough enough for the Knicks in the first round. So I think that he's very motivated in that sense, but I think that the Cavs knew and Kobe Altman knew and JB Bickerstaff knew that they needed outside shooting. They needed guys from the perimeter and they went and got two very good ones, two very proven ones in George Nyang and Max Struss, who's probably going to start at small forward from the heat and who's coming off a finals appearance with the heat. So they, they got those two type of veteran guys they really like Ty Jerome, so do I. who was with the Warriors last season. Yeah, nice player. Came into Cleveland last year and and lit up the Cavs for 22 points. Sure did. And I remember, you know, when I saw him, I said, I bet you love this building. I saw him at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse the, on Media Day, and he kind of shook his head like, yeah, it was probably my best game as a pro. So, you know, he's going to take on some some ball handling and some shoot ad, added shooting. So I think that, you know, they have a lot of confidence because they feel as if they're not just better because they're more cohesive, but they're better on paper. They went out and got the pieces that they need and that they feel will will really plug some holes. So, you know, look, Aaron, you know, you could ask me probably about any of the other 29 teams. And I would say, yeah, they're feeling pretty confident, pretty good. (laughs) That's right. But, you know, everybody does this first couple of weeks. But I really sense, you know, look, this is a team. That was 51 and 31 last year and and got written off heading into this season because of their poor playoff showing. I I think that they're they're feeling pretty good. They like being under the radar nationally as they are. In fact, frankly, Aaron, they're even under the radar locally, Mm. you know, until they still football season. ends. so it's been it's been a lot of uh, a a lot of confidence and, and. the one thing I will say is, and this hasn't always been the case. I've covered the Cavs now 20 years. This group of guys are really solid guys in terms of character and personality and cohesion. And I think that that can, that can carry you a long way. Kobe Altman worked very hard to get the locker room where there's a very positive culture with guys who are very grounded. I, I, the Cavs have a bunch of guys who have gotten over themselves, mm. and I think that that can take you places. That was one of the, the wonderful things about those teams that we all loved, the Price, Doherty, Nancy years, is that team was very close, and they were all character guys to the point where some people said they were soft at times, and they weren't. Sure. They were a very tough team, but uh, you know, to your point, that, that does play well. It's important. I mean, it's important to have that cohesiveness and especially in the locker room. Let me ask you that. I I mentioned toughness. I think that was something that was said quite a bit after the Knicks series was the team just wasn't tough enough. Do you get the sense? I mean, you know, stress coming from Miami there, that's maybe the epitome of toughness. Is he bringing some things? Are you seeing some of the new additions bringing some, some toughness that was maybe lacking last year in the playoffs? Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think Struess will, will do that, you know, having played for Eric Spolstra and bringing some of, and I've heard some of the other players talk about the, you know, the, the info, the famous actually good reputation heat culture with Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler. I, I, I certainly think Max Struess will, will help in that area. I think Yang, even though he's 
kind of a goofball, and I say that with great admiration. <laughs> he he does bring when he is on the court, he is very. I remember you know him playing with the Sixers the last couple of years. Last year, really was a Cavs killer, George mm-hmm. Yang, mm-hmm. and it's because he is in your jersey all the time defensively. He is making shots. He's he's a really good perimeter shooter. Uh, which is what they really like about him, but he's very scrappy, you know? So, you know, when we, we had George on the podcast, I, I, you know, John Sable had said to him, we we've heard uh, a lot of things about you. Uh, and he said, he just cut John Sable off and he said, what, that I'm loud. I'm annoying. <laughs> I, you know, get under people's skin. He said, because if you've heard those things, they're all true. Now, of course, that wasn't what we were talking about, but he's just he's he's that way on the court. So I think that you talk about those two guys really in particular bringing that toughness. I really think that they re-signed Tristan Thompson for that reason. Tristan is very vocal. He's you know, he he manages to keep things light. But I, I saw him at practice the other day, Aaron, shooting after practice. And I don't think he stopped talking once. And everybody was just, while he was shooting, he even went up to the top of the key, hit a three, acted like it was nothing. This is Tristan Thompson, (laughs) who doesn't shoot threes. Acted like it was nothing and just kept telling the story he was telling. Hmm. So, uh, but, you know, he brings that kind of leadership and an edge. A guy who's, now they have another guy who's won a championship. If if they hadn't re-signed Tristan, their their lone guy who would have, been on the team with a with a ring would have been Sam Merrill, who I really like, having won one with the Bucks a couple years ago. So I think that they did address that need, yes. And you know, I I, I think that they knew that that was that was something that was important after that playoff series. Mark and I both really like Ty Jerome. One, he's an ACC guy, comes from a winning program under Tony Bennett. We both really like Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome has been fantastic. He get I have something on the website today about you know, J.B. Bickerstaff and, and Karis LeVert and, and even Darius Garland, all those guys have offered quite a bit of praise. J.B. Bickerstaff said, "I, he's making it impossible for me not to play him. Mm-hmm. So I would suspect that, you know, with him, I think it's all about finding the right fit in the NBA. And this could be the perfect spot and the perfect opportunity because, again, here's a team that needs outside shooting and here's a team that, you know, needs – some a backup point guard to distribute the basketball and he's really worked on that since coming into the NBA so this could be a great opportunity for him and Karis LeVert said you know the thing I like about him most is the guy's just a winner mm. and he he does he makes winning plays and makes the right play so you know that's good news because I think with the Cavs you know you're gonna have to give Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland a breather and you can't you know you can't always rely on Karis LeVert to, to play point guard because then you're taking him away from what he does best and that's score the basketball and slash so and I, I think LeVert's done a nice job there but this gives those guys if, if Ty Jerome can become your bona fide you know sixth seventh man and your your secondary ball handler behind Garland you've really done probably more than you even hoped so they they have high hopes for Ty and and as well as Damian Jones, the the six eleven center who who came from Utah, and is a great guy. He was on the podcast. Just a quality individual, very athletic. 
can do a lot of things. Not gonna, you know, he's not gonna get the ball in low post and score much, but he's gonna create problems on defense and, and get some rebounds and 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 finish. He can really run the floor and finish. So two two nice underrated additions right there. And that leads me to the last name I wanted to mention that I'm sure a lot of people are, are wondering about, and that's Amani Bates. What are your impressions of Amani Bates? He's been great. He really has. He he was on the podcast with us and I, I couldn't have been more impressed with how he's, you know, seemingly through the last three years, just really, really matured. I didn't know him real well then. I don't know him real well now, mm-hmm. but I talked to him and just, he's just, you know, the one thing he said on the podcast that stood out to me was everywhere I've gone, where I've played, you know, when, when he was coming out of high school, people kind of predicted he was going to be the next Kevin Durant. Right. And then, then he did some young, dumb things that he quickly, he will call them that. And then, you know, he's, he's matured since then as just as we all do probably mostly between the ages of 18 and 22, you know, I mean, that's really when we start to grow up and he really has said, you know, everywhere else I went, there was really a lot of pressure on me all eyes were on me. So I felt a lot of pressure. I probably didn't handle it very well. He said, now I'm, I'm thrilled because now I can just come here and play basketball. You know, there's guys like Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, everybody's paying attention to them. And he said, that's fantastic. They, he, he feels as if he's, he's fit in really well. And let me tell you something, Aaron, kids, a, a, a wonderful talent, natural mm. talent. I mean, he's got size, he can shoot, He's got a quick first step. He's very fluid. He is a throwback kind of to the, you know, six, seven, six, eight guys who were pretty skinny, mm. but wiry and tough and could, could, you know, hit outside shots. He reminds me, and I'm sure may, many fans, I'm going to be dating myself here, but you know who he reminds me of Aaron is a, is Reggie Williams mm. from who played briefly with Mark Price and the Cavs from Georgetown, Georgetown. that yep. kind mm-hmm. of wiry guy who did, who found the right spot. Eventually Reggie Williams went to Denver and had some success. That's, that's who Bates reminds me of kind of that wiry guy who, who's plays with a little bit of an edge and, and, and has a, you know, really pretty jump shot from, from the perimeter and a, a good mid range game. So the Cavs have been very impressed with Imani Bates this point. So I, I, I think that that's, you know, look, you got him at number 49 in the draft. You can't go wrong. You could, you, there, there's no wrong answer there. If he gives you anything, you really got to steal. And I, I, I suspect he is going to be the steal of that draft. There's going to be a lot of talk about, um, Donovan Mitchell's contract and re-signing. And I know we are all a little emotional in Cleveland because we've kind of seen that play out a few times. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? you know, Donovan Mitchell's situation as they go into the season, will it be a distraction? No, I, I definitely don't think it'll be a distraction, Aaron. And, you know, I've written this before. It, it was really way too early for Donovan Mitchell or even the Cavs to commit to an extension. Nobody, I mean, he still has three years left on his contract. Okay. Okay. Now there's this season, next season, and then a player option. So really it's more like two, but, no, I don't think ever in NBA history has anybody signed a, a, a contract extension with two two years left on their deal or three years, really. So 
I, I don't think it'll be a distraction. You know, look, Donovan addressed it at at Media Day, and really, those reports came out of New York, where he's from, and his dad obviously works for the Mets. You know, so there's a lot of the Knicks fans and Knicks media really hoping that he ends up there. So I think that this year you don't have to worry about it at all. Right. You just okay. play basketball. You just let, you know, and I, I think so much of it's going to be determined on how they do, not just this season, but, you know, going into next season. Now, if there's no extension next season, you know, before the start of this time next year, then you're, then you're starting to say, okay, why not? What What's going on here? But this year, no, you don't even need to worry about it. The Cavs were never expecting to sign him to an extension now. I don't even know that they really brought it up. And then Donovan Mitchell, of course, certainly wouldn't do it right now. That just would be bad business. So, no, it's not going to be a distraction at all. I think that, you know, as soon as something goes wrong, though, yeah, if they go right. on a five-game losing streak, you know, we'll hear it from the New York media that he wants out or whatever. But the reality is he has too much time left on his current deal to, to worry about that. And let me tell you this, Aaron, it was Donovan Mitchell who recruited Max Struess and George Yang mm. who wanted them in Cleveland. Mm. So, you know, if he was so in a rush to get out, he wouldn't be telling guys, yeah, come with us and let's see what we can do. So I, I, I would say as far as Cavs fans are concerned, there's, there's no concern right now. Certainly not right now with, with Donovan Mitchell or to worry about any of that. All good things to hear from Sam. So really appreciate you taking your time, especially just for everybody listening. It's a Friday night. So you're doing this recording here on a Friday night. So I really appreciate that. I wanted to close with our faith segment. Mark and I usually close with a, a faith segment. I know you're a man of faith. We, we really just appreciate that about you as well. Uh, what's something that God has been doing in your life since the last time you were on? You know, it's funny that you asked that because since, since the last time I was on, yeah, there were, there were three things that I was really struggling with, mm. you know, and I didn't know that they were going to go away. And part of that was part of that truly was my business, my website, mm. you know, is this the right thing to do? What am I doing? How do I best approach it? So I spent a lot of time in prayer and frustration over that. And that probably about the time that I was on with Mark was when shortly thereafter anyway, was when it really kind of reached its peak and, you know, you would never know it by talking to me. I don't think I never really talked about it to anybody else, but inwardly, that was a great thing in terms of frustration. It was a great source of frustration, but I think at one point, Aaron, you know, I just decided let's, let's hand this over to God and turn this over to God as, as so often, you know, so many things that we cling to, we don't want to hand it over to God because it's like, I'll handle this. And he probably doesn't care about a basketball website, you mm -hmm. know, but in reality, since then, <clears throat> and since my decision to cover the Cavs and even before then, I've really seen him working in my life in that area. Mm. And, you know, and that doesn't mean, <clears throat> you know, I, he's giving me all sorts of money, but it, but there's definitely a sense of peace and a sense that I'm doing it right <clears throat> and approaching it right and tackling it right. And, you know, that he has a big hand in that. So most of all that struggle is gone. 
And that's because I did, I did turn it over to God. And, and, you know, so much of what Mark and I talk about, or Mark and you talk about, excuse me, and, and I've heard Mark say and imply is that, you know, just because you, you can lead people to the Lord in all areas, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where I am called. How does Sam Amico live his life? You know, how does he report stories? How is he as an individual? And why would I want to be, you know, what does he have that I don't have? You know, and I think that, I think that by having grace and, and, and leading by example, it doesn't matter what your profession is, right? Right. You, you can do that. And, and, you know, God doesn't want us all to go to a foreign country and be missionaries that way. Mm-hmm. M- most of the time, he wants us to serve him in various ways, you know, throughout our jobs or our daily lives. And that was something that I, uh, you know, and I talked about that on the last, last podcast. So, you know, Aaron, I, I know I'm kind of talking around things, but I was really struggling with the website in terms of, is this the right thing to do? Am I ever going to be able to provide the way I want to provide with this? And, you know, I think God has told me, you know what, stop worrying about it, work hard, and let's let's just, obviously I have, he has his hand in this. So mm-hmm. when, when that's the case, whether it makes millions or makes a dollar doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's, you know, how am I, how am I approaching it and how am I serving through not only my business, but, you know, also in my daily life. So, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because it was really right around the time that I was on with you guys. I think it might've been February or something that I really, really was struggling at that point. And I, I can tell you, I've, I've so thankful and, now that I've really had a sense of peace over the last two or three months and, and have something to build on. It's funny. We were talking earlier in the episode and that's, I think why people were so excited to see you back with the calves and just celebrating you because of the way that they see that in your life. And I just, I, I don't know, I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I know for me, I see that in your life and I see that you, you are serving and I hope that God just continues to honor everything that you're doing. Well, I, I, I greatly appreciate that, Aaron. I, I hope that that always comes through in my work that, you know, uh, just like anybody else, I'll, I, I, any other reporter, I'll probably make people mad from time to time when I report mm-hmm. something they don't like. But, you know, I mean, by and large, I've, I've maintained, you know, 20 years of doing this really strong relationships. And it, it really has been it really has been uplifting with how people have responded to, to me going back on the beat, as well as me knowing this is where God has led me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's, what's so amazing to it about it to me is this is where God is leading me. And almost when I veer from it too much, I can feel him pulling me back. Mm-hmm. So I really, it, it's, it's really been something that, okay, you're putting me here for a reason. And I'm going to, you know, not just write about the calves, which is a great reason, but right. for other reasons bigger than probably I even know yet. So I, I, I'm thrilled with that opportunity. And to me, it comes straight from him. So like I said, again, I can't, I can't get over the, the positive response that it's, that it, me being, me writing about a basketball team has 
brought me so much joy from people who don't even know who I am. So I, 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 that's just a wonderful thing for me. Well, it's been a wonderful thing for me to sit with you here tonight and just hear about the Cavs, get caught up on everything that you're doing and active. And I want to run through those again really quick. Hoopswire.com is really the the main hub. That's your website, Hoopswire.com. The podcast Cavs on the Break podcast. And of course, following you and everything following the Cavaliers this year. It's been wonderful to sit with you tonight. Thanks so much, Aaron. And I'm I'm really I'm happy to say one of, I take great pride in the fact that I'm one of the top three shooters to ever <laughs> to ever have been on the podcast. So Absolutely. thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Get me on that free agent list, okay? <laughs> All right, no problem. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of the Mark Price for Three podcast. Remember to subscribe, like, review, and share. I'm Josh Price, and we will talk to you again on the next episode.